previously on Little Bit Leave It. Welcome back to Little Bit Leave It, the podcast where we talk Love Island UK in the USA. My name is Ben, and with me, as always, it's my podcasting partner and partner in life, Becca. What's up, kids? I am all sugared up. Let's go. Let's get this party started. Woo! And as always, if you really like the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash littlebitleaveit and support us for as little as $2 a month. Or you could not do that. That's totally your choice. Today, we are going to be talking about the second week of season seven of Love Island UK. We've got so much to go through. We're doing season seven week by week. If you're a regular listener, you know we do the other ones episode by episode. So a little bit different, but let's get into it. Beck, state of the villa. Week one ended with a recoupling. So who are our couples? So week one ended with Kaz and Toby, Sharon and Aaron, Liberty and Jake, Faye and Liam, and Chloe and Hugo. And this week, we see Rachel enter the villa along with Millie, Lucinda, and a little bit of Teddy. Just a tease of Teddy. And we say goodbye to Chugs. The bucket hat magnet and definite rich boy. Chugs, we hardly knew ye. We can't say that every time someone leaves, though. No. We need some more cliches. I'll work on that. So what happened this week? This week actually had a really funny opening moment. So the end of last week, obviously, Rachel walks into the villa. Poorly. Poorly. There's this real awkward kind of formality after she reads the text messages. And then everyone's kind of standing around looking at each other, wondering what to do. And Chugs breaks the ice and goes over to her, greets her. So good job, Chugs, for getting everybody unfrozen and making an impression of some sort. Yeah, I am going to say Chugs got a raw deal in this season. He did. I liked Chugs a lot more than I thought I was going to also. Yeah. So Rachel is 29. She's a real ass grown up and she books luxury vacations for VIPs. She doesn't like pretty boys. And I think the quote, this is right out of her mouth, that really sums her up is, why not be confident? What's the worst that can happen? Yeah, I'll tell you, I really like Rachel, though I do think it's a little funny that she says she doesn't like pretty boys and then 24 hours later picks the prettiest boy in the house, right? But before we get to that, they throw the Islanders into a game called Undercover Lover, which has a James Bond theme. The guys compete to see who can do the sexiest striptease. They untie the girls with their teeth while getting slimed. Well, the girls get slimed. Well, the guys were getting slimed too. Yeah. They're standing right there. It's it's Love Island. Everyone's going to get wet and messy. The guys make cocktails and the girls drink them while lying on vibrating boards. And then they do a cheeky snog. All the while, Chugs, who is dressed like a Bond villain, is pelting them with Nerf balls. Brad wins. Yeah, no, the villain did change, but I do think Chugs had the greatest villain look of all the guys. The fact that I only remember Chugs is a sign. Yeah, there you go. It's coming now to the end of the evening, and Rachel has to make her choice. Brad versus Chugs. Yeah, do either of these guys really like her? I mean, Brad definitely thinks she's hot. And Jake thinks she is dead Brad's type. 
And they have a few chats, but they don't really seem to have much in common. It takes a while for him to even ask her questions. And she tells him he only looks like a fuckboy. There's a real backhanded compliment for you. She seems like such a better fit with Chugs. They discuss going to uni. They discuss eating at restaurants, which we'll see later is one of Brad's weak points. She even tells Brad she thinks Chugs is more trustworthy. And she wonders aloud to Chugs if there's a reason that the gorgeous Brad is unattached. I have to think if Chugs was a bit older, if he was, say, 27 or 28, I think he would have been Rachel's choice. There just was nothing between Rachel and Brad. And yet she picks Brad at the ceremony. And Brad, of course, cries over Chugs getting sent home because of him, which is the beginning of of a redemption arc for Brad, potentially. Rachel's psyched to share a bed with him. They talk about building trust and respect. And then he gives her a 9 out of 10 on looks with room for improvement. That's got to be one of the most insulting things, right? I know he was trying to be funny and flirty, but it was so horrible. And to their credit, there is a lot of dry humping overnight. And we also see the first couple go to the hideaway this week. It's Jake and Liberty. It's also the first betting ceremony of the season. Yeah, you can go listen to our episode. I think it's, I don't know, 14 or so in season six about the betting ceremony. Jake spills massage oil all over the bed. They have romantic smooches and it seems like a good night, but we'll put it into some deeper context later. After a spicy night in the hideaway, after a greasy, slippery night in the hideaway, Jake and Liberty, as well as the rest of the Islanders, are greeted with a brunch date. Except they don't go well. Yeah, all these couples seem to be unraveling, except maybe Kaz and Toby. You know, one of the funny things that I picked up from this scene is Brad's apparently never been to an actual restaurant. And wow, that pretty much conflicts with Rachel's working in high-end travel. He tells her she should crack on with other guys, which she later takes to Faye for interpretation. Did he mean I'm not that into you, which is how Rachel read it? Or make sure you really like me, which was how Faye read Liam saying the exact same thing to her. Faye is not bothered by it at all. Rachel's in tears. Speaking of Faye and Liam. Wow, that was awkward. They can't even have a real conversation, it looks like. What do you expect from a guy who hates cats? True, true. He he had tried, don't forget, before this date, he had tried to kiss her after the challenge, and she got all weird and babbly, like she is just as culpable in this relationship not working out as he is, if not more. Faye is a little bit confused, I guess. Faye is super awkward for such a hot chick. Yeah. Now, Sharon and Aaron, whoa, we learned they have totally different values. He doesn't approve of her desire for a green Aston Martin. He asks her, are you trying to stand out? And two points for Sharon. She goes, I already stand out, dick. Yeah, and he also makes it clear that he wants a family and kids, kind of sees a traditional, quote unquote, traditional life in his future. She very much does not see that for herself. And, you know, it's okay for him to want what he wants and her to want what she wants. But then he says to the guys later, he thinks she's afraid of being a housewife and letting someone else be the breadwinner. And I kind of want to punch that statement in the face. No, it sounds like he's doing a little bit of projection there. Actually, he's the one who's afraid of having a partner who is the main breadwinner. That's what it sounds like to me. Ooh, insightful. Yeah. 
Now, meanwhile, Jake and Liberty, uh-oh, he says that he's still open to meeting others and she should be too. So she takes that to Faye and Kaz later. She's mad because he says this after opportunities with Chugs and Liam have already gone by. And was that on purpose? Did he wait to tell her to open up until the two new boys were no longer an option? Yeah, so we're in, what, the middle of week two, and all the couples seem to be unraveling except maybe one, and that's the context for another icebreaker game, Knowing Me, Knowing You. And hey, any game named after an ABBA song is going to be a hit, right? Are there bell-bottoms? Bell-bottoms, disco lights, and cheesy Swedish dancers. And Hoey. And Hoey. Chloe, speaking of the female half of the Hoey couple... She is every guy's second choice. That was an interesting bit of information we learned in this game. Yeah, does that feel good or bad, do you think? Oh. They all want to do her, but they don't like her. Yeah. If I were Chloe, that might bother me a little bit, but it does actually seem to inflate her ego a bit, I think. It's attention, and she has said herself she's an attention whore, so whatever works for you. I think the other obvious big moment from this game is Hugo says that he doesn't like women who are fake in personality or in looks. Now that offends Sharon and Faye. Who are pretty vocal about it and obvious about it, but Hugo has no idea until Toby and Liam clue him in. Yeah, and Chloe has no idea why all of a sudden people are silent and shocked too. She says, did I miss something? So Hugo ends up pulling Sharon after the game once the guys tell him that she's really upset. She is fuming. She is super focused on him not knowing why girls get work done. She doesn't explain it. She doesn't try to educate him. She doesn't try to enlighten him. She's just mad that he doesn't know something. And then, and then she has the nerve to compare not wanting to date someone with plastic surgery to not wanting to date someone because of their height or their race. What the fuck? Yeah, I was shocked by that. And then, you know, the more I've thought about it, I think you really have to put yourself into Sharon's shoes to try to understand how she could think that saying something like that makes sense and is acceptable. Now, this is very difficult for me, but if you try to take on the perspective or empathize with someone who's a woman of color, as Sharon is, and feeling like maybe guys have not dated you for a variety of superficial reasons, one of those being your race or your ethnicity, then maybe in your own head, it's very easy for you to say, oh, this is just another superficial thing that guys are going to use, in this case, Hugo is using to not date me. Well, damn, there's not much I can say to that, huh? At first, it's shocking that she would even say that. So I was like, how could she feel that way? So that's what I came up with. And of course, Hugo, poor Hugo, has a good cry over this whole thing. It was an innocent comment. He wasn't aiming it at anybody. He wasn't targeting any of the girls who have all kind of counted him out already. He's tired. It's probably late. It's been a really emotional couple of weeks. And just my heart breaks for Hugo. Now, Aaron has also been watching this. Do you think Aaron heard Sharon say that not dating someone with plastic surgery is like not dating someone because of their race? 
Because I was also thinking about Aaron, too, who's obviously a black man. Yeah, you know, that is very possible. And if he heard that, I could definitely see that being a huge red flag for him. Well, either way, her reaction in general, her blowing up and storming around and yelling at Hugo was already a big red flag for him. He said that he didn't mind her being upset, but the way that she was so dramatic about it and not chill, that was really upsetting to him. And that was not the behavior of someone he wants to be with. Yeah, I think he had basically written Sharon off by this point, but... Yeah, you're right. Well, after the last couple of disagreements they had, you know, he said to the guys, but I'm going to wait and see what happens. I'm going to wait and see what happens. And I think this one, he just was like, this is disgusting. And I can't I can't be with somebody like this. Yeah, it's the nail in the proverbial coffin. Now, Faye handles it a little bit differently. She's upset, but I thought she did a pretty good job explaining to Hugo where she was coming from. Well, That was after she said, he's upset. He can fuck off. But she didn't say that to him. She was just blowing off steam. And I get it. As someone who needs to kick and scream a little bit before I can be rational, I'll give Faye the benefit of the doubt on that one. Because when it did come time to talk to Hugo, she did take the time to explain exactly like you said, her story about being flat chested and her story about her emotional drama and triumphs. And they were able to resolve it. And you know, later on, when he apologizes to the whole group for being a dick, she runs over and gives him a hug. Hopefully, Hugo got to go to sleep that night feeling a little bit less uneasy after what had to be a really tough night for him. Yep. Now, the next day is a very eventful day in the villa. The girls get a boozy brunch And of course, whenever they send out all of the girls or all of the guys, something is up, right? Right. And in this case, the guys get to meet two new girls, Lucinda and Millie. We finally have our real bombshell. I think Lucinda is absolutely breathtaking. Rachel is beautiful and Shannon was beautiful. None of the girls are slouches, but Lucinda was the first one who really made me say, wow. Yeah, Lucinda is very, very pretty, as is Millie, in my view, as well. Now, Millie is 24. She is a fashion buyer's administrator, and she is from where else? Essex gang. Essex. She likes Liam and Toby. Lucinda, she's 21. She has her own online fashion boutique, and she started that after she was laid off from her job as a flight attendant. She likes Brad, Aaron, Toby, and Hugo. Well, Brad is over Rachel the minute Lucinda walks through the door and he loudly declares himself so. So the original girls, thinking that they have clearly gotten the better end of the deal, send the boys a selfie of them with their shades and their drinks. And they get a selfie in return of the boys with the two stunning new girls. And needless to say, the girls are shitting it. And the new girls get to take the guys on one of our favorite Love Island date formats. Yes, it's time for the starter, main, dessert, food poisoning classic. The other girls, as well as Jake and Toby, go up to the rooftop, which brought me back to season five's starter, main, dessert date, where the girls were catcalling and fake laughing from the roof, leading a very devilish new girl, Mora, to feed Michael dessert, thereby cementing her as a Love Island legend. Yeah, no legendary status shall be awarded on these dates. Millie picks 
Aaron for her starter, Liam for her main, and Hugo for dessert. Now, Aaron tells Millie, and then later Lucinda, that he is ready to move on from Sharon. Back up on the terrace, Sharon is telling Toby that she's not worried about Aaron straying because of their strong connection. That was painful to watch. During the main, which Liam dubs the most important meal and so the most important date, Liam really likes Millie and actually warned Faye before he even left. His date with Millie is very flirty. There's a lot of chemistry. But is there anything beneath the surface? I don't know. We'll have to see. Then at dessert, Millie reveals to Hugo that she has a uni degree. Obviously, as does he. There's some eyelash batting. He feeds her a cookie. Does Liam have competition? Is there more here because they maybe have more in common? Does Millie want a stud or a bud? I think that's unfair to Hugo that he's just a bud. He's a really good looking guy, but I see your point. I mean, the problem is for Hugo, Hugo's what, 6'2", 6'3", but Liam is 6'6". Also that rhymed. Oh, you're right. Yeah, but I get your point though. Basically, Liam is just, he's a himbo version of Hugo, essentially. Essentially. And also, how does Hugo end up being pitted against Liam twice? So unfair. I mean, really, Hugo could hold his own over any guy in the real world. But friggin' Liam, if Ched was a whole lot of man for season six, is Liam a whole lot of man for season five? I don't know. We'll see. They're both real boring. I'll give you that. Ched's way better than Liam. Yeah, I, I am also on Team Ched in a Ched versus Liam matchup. So Lucinda's dates, though, she picks Brad for her starter, Hugo for her main, and Aaron for dessert. Now, Brad is not playing around. He tells her that he really likes her and wants to cook and clean for her while she sits and looks pretty. Basically, he gets back to the villa and tells Rachel immediately that he's going to be getting to know Lucinda. Lucinda likes that Hugo is classy and clever, and she likes him better in person than she did on TV. Look, I think Hugo is a really great dater. You see that with Lucinda. You see it with Millie. He asks questions. He speaks honestly. He's romantic. You know, my one criticism is he's probably not flirty enough with these two girls. Also, he's working against Faye and Chloe, who seem to want to neuter him. Yeah, they really give him the Dr. Alex treatment. Faye has a lot to say about Hugo on the rooftop. He has to make out that he's not cringy. And later on, Chloe talks shit about Hugo to the new girls. Now, you know me. You know if anybody did anything cringy on the show, I would be the first one to say, ew. Hugo is delightful. And I will not have anybody besmirching my favorite gym teacher. You know, the pickup artist philosophy has really poisoned the minds of a lot of young people into thinking that if a guy is not mean to you, there's something wrong with him. Ooh, very insightful. Again. So at dessert, Lucinda calls Aaron homely. But since that means ugly, I don't think that's what she meant. Yeah. I think she meant homey um, because... They do have a really nice, cozy vibe. It felt like they were they should have been sitting on a bearskin rug in front of a fireplace after skiing. He's just really cool. Aaron knows how to talk to women. He's flirtatious and honest without being cringy or laying it on too thick. Aaron is also a great date. Lucinda must be too because Aaron's head is turned. He immediately breaks it off with Sharon after his date with Lucinda. 
Obviously, like we said before, he didn't like her reaction to Hugo. And he tells her even beyond that, he wants kids. And she takes it pretty stoically in front of him. But then, of course, she tells the girls that it was because he got a big head over being picked by both girls. And he should have just said he wanted to hang out with the new girls and explore rather than making it personal. But you know what, Sharon, it kind of was even before the girls came in. Yeah, Sharon really doesn't get it. She does not seem to really listen to him. She seems to have a hard time seeing things from other people's perspective. And so as Ben mentioned before, Brad dumps Rachel after the dates because he hasn't had this feeling in a long time. And I wish he had done it to her face, but he does admit in the beach hut that he owes Rachel his spot in the villa. So, you know, I do think he feels a little bit bad, but it might have been nice if he told Rachel that to her face. Yeah, I hope he did. Now, I know earlier when we were talking about those brunch dates and we saw all those couples unraveling except Kaz and Toby. Well, as you all know, that was not a sign of things to come because Toby and Kaz had a real roller coaster of a week. The week starts off. Toby is still hesitant. He lacks experience, so he goes to the guys for help and advice. Aaron gives him permission to be done with her, you know, if it's been a week and he's not feeling it. It's a sign that he probably doesn't really like her. Meanwhile, Jake gives him opposing advice. If you like her, shoot your shot. Give her a kiss. Plant one on her. And see what happens. No regrets. And that also implicitly states that if you're not feeling anything, don't do anything. Just move on. Yeah, I'm not sure what Toby took from all that because ultimately to me, it does seem like he's just not that attracted to her and not that into her. Well, it sounds like he took Jake's advice because he finally decides he's going to commit 100% to Kaz. He pulls her for a chat and he's leaning on her while he starts his opening speech. And then he even says to her, let me look you in the eyes for this, which I thought was a real moment of maturity and romance from Toby of all people. And then he tells her he's jumping in, that it's not fair to keep her dangling. And so let's do it. And they have their first non-game, no pressure snog. See, to me, what's not fair is pretending that You might really have feelings for somebody and when you know that they have feelings for you. So I think this was a bad move by Toby. He should have cut it off before this. I think it was a bad move, but I don't think it was done with malice. I think it was done out of inexperience and two sets of opposing advice. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that is 100% on point. Toby has no shortage of girls liking him because Chloe reveals to Lucinda that she likes Toby. But she couldn't possibly get involved with him because she's friends with Kaz. Yeah, that doesn't stop her from pulling him for a chat. She tells him that she likes him and in one of my favorite moments of the week, it almost made it into our last segment, Chloe says she doesn't know what the word intrigued means when Toby tells her that she intrigues him and she accuses Toby of speaking in riddles. Meanwhile, Kaz is slightly suspicious of the wool being pulled out from under her eyes. Another great Love Island. uh... Malapropism. Thank you. Yeah, she does it a few times in this episode. She knows that Chloe is her friend. And so, of course, her chat with Toby is totally innocuous, right? Right? Yeah, totally. So let's talk about the next game. Yeah, line of booty. That's right. The girls dress up as 
law enforcement officers do a sexy striptease and they have to grab at his swim trunks to figure out the object hiding the phallic object hiding in there guess what it is and then decide how much of a kiss they're going to give the guy and then lock him up in jail yeah there were some pretty funny objects obviously your standard fruits and vegetables brad had a raw hot dog like a little cocktail weenie oh and there was also a horn like a bike horn which was amazing yeah no brad had the bike horn and he had the cocktail weenie He definitely had the best props, apart from no one picking Hugo. The internet was mad, as were we. And Liberty communicating to Jake that he shouldn't take her for granted. Chloe kissing Toby is definitely the highlight of this challenge. Chloe tells Kaz later that it was just a bit of fun. It wasn't serious. And oh, I wouldn't have done it if I knew that your feelings, Kaz, if I knew your feelings were so strong for Toby. Those were all lies. Yeah, Chloe later acknowledges to Kaz that she knew things were going quote unquote well. Yeah, and Kaz later rightly calls her a snake. We also need to acknowledge Rachel who falls down the slide and slams her face into the fence, but is thankfully unwounded. She is a champ. Yeah, she recovered from that nicely. That evening, emboldened by her big snog, Chloe tells the new girls and Rachel that she is going to pull Toby. Rachel is disgusted on Kaz's behalf and walks away and says she cannot be part of this conversation. She walks over to Faye and Sharon. She doesn't tell them anything. She just says that she's mad and can't right now. Unfortunately to Chloe, and I can't really blame Chloe, it looks like Rachel went right over there to talk about what just happened. See, I am going to blame Chloe here. I think Chloe went way, way overboard. She was totally out of line in that scene. You don't go and assume all of those things. You go and you ask the person. You deal with it directly, my opinion. Okay, I can blame her for her reaction, but not for jumping to that conclusion is more what I meant. I can see how it didn't look great. But again, she handled it really, really poorly. Agreed. So somehow Faye decides that she's going to fight this fight. And Faye and Chloe start screaming at each other about mind your own business. Everyone chat shit about everyone else. So while the girls are screaming at each other and Chloe is distracted by the nonsense, Kaz pulls Toby, directly asks him why things are so slow between them. And when he doesn't answer, she boils it down. Something is stopping you from getting to know me, and you want to get to know Chloe. He admits it. They break up. Yeah, they break up. She's really upset. Toby does not understand why for some reason. So Chloe finally gets her chance to pull Toby up to the snog terrace. Where snogs happen, and they seem to be pretty comfy cozy, and Toby and Kaz are definitely no longer a thing. But wait, Toby has to make sure of that. In the morning, Toby pulls Kaz yet again to tell her that he snogged Chloe last night after he already dumped her. Why would he do that? I don't think Toby thinks that he dumped her the night before. And he says, don't you have anything to say? And she goes, what do you want me to say? Like, we're not a couple. Yeah, that was just totally unnecessary. Toby, you messed up, bro. My favorite part of that conversation is when he says, I like you, but, and Kaz goes, not a lot. That was pretty funny. So at least towards the end of the week, things start to repair themselves a little bit. 
the last episode of the week, some of our major dramas attempt to tie themselves up in a bow. Chloe tries to write things with Kaz, only to be rebuffed. Kaz says, I'm not coupled up with you. You owe me no loyalty. They say it's all good, but is it? Chloe, Lucinda, and Millie become the naughty trio. You know you've done the original girls wrong when you have to hang out with the new girls. Oh, yeah. And that's fine. I mean, they they seem lovely, actually, but still. Liam refuses to kiss Millie until he officially pies Faye. Faye did see it coming, and she's cool about it. She says none of the guys had really been themselves until those two hot, long leggies came in. Brad continues to graft Lucinda hard. He talks marriage and baby names. They have some snogs. But Lucinda is having the same problem with Brad that Faye and Chloe and Rachel did. Brad has a lot to say about a lot of things. And Lucinda finds herself zoning in and out and saying, "Uh uh-huh, a lot. He knows nothing about her. But, you know, that Brad is good looking. She regrets snogging him so quickly because it felt like a night out snog, not kissing a guy she's dating. Wow, really curious to see where this goes. Sharon and Aaron have numerous cuddles, both on the day bed during a night scene and in the bed that they're sharing, despite breaking up. So maybe that's not over yet. I don't know. Old habits, right? Maybe. Now, Jake and Liberty, they get back on track at the end of this week. That warmed my heart. Jake told Lib not to put all her eggs in his basket before the hideaway and at brunch the next day. Does he think she's just going to hang there waiting? So their night in the hideaway is romantic, but that must have been hanging over her head. Him telling her, you know, maybe this is not so signed and sealed. After the hideaway and after brunch, she tries to define the relationship. But all he says is that if he dumps her for someone else, she'll know. That's not helping. I really thought that the end was near for these two. So after the new girls come in, Jake, who was, his words, gutted not to be picked for any dates, has a flirty chat about dirty water with Millie, where he claims he hasn't been tested in his relationship with Liberty. I don't know what it is with all these people demanding to be tested in their relationships. I mean, in the outside world, is that how that works too? I don't know. Not not for me. It might just come more naturally in the outside world because you have jobs, you have a social circle, you know, you have other things. Yeah, you have a life. Yeah. And it becomes clear where someone might fall in your priorities. And you would meet other people also more naturally in the outside world. So I was really glad to see Lib stand up for herself when she pulled Jake to the snog terrace, you know, the rooftop, and tells him that she is not going to be kept hanging for every blonde who comes in here. So go Liberty. He realizes the error of his ways. He tells her there's nothing with Millie and that he is 100% with her. Liberty tells him, look, like you kind of burned me. I'm going to pull back a little bit. And even though she accepts his apology, she refuses him a kiss. And that night she puts on sexy underwear, but won't touch him. She is withholding her affection from Jake. And that leads us to this date at the end of the week. Jake finally gets a hug in the entryway, which breaks the cold war between them. He's pumped. He knows he's back in with his girl. 
Uh, when they get on the date, Jake compliments her outfit. He notices that she did her hair in a new way. This is the behavior of a man who's interested in a woman. This is not like a throwaway compliment. He really does tell her his feelings are strong, that he really feels something for her. I'll put it in black and white. I want you. I love how they uh, drink out of these red and white straws, kind of like little skinny barber poles. And we had a really, really bad cover on this date, Boys of Summer, a song I actually really like. This cover of Piano and Strings just, ooh, gosh, oh, make it stop. After the date, Jake tells the guys it's a whole new ball game. Yes, Liberty's boner conferring status is official and Jake is ready for more. Next week, Teddy takes four girls on dates and a girl gets dumped at the next recoupling. Who? Who'd you say? Oh, yeah. A new guy named Teddy cruises in to the hideaway at the very end of the last episode. He's handsome. He's probably tall because all the Love Island guys are tall unless otherwise noted. And he is going to take four lucky ladies out on a hideaway date. So we will see those dates next week. But for now, I think we need to do our State of the Couples. Okay, let's lead things off. With Jake and Liberty, who we were just talking about. Now, last week, you said that they would be together at the end of this week, and you were correct, Beck. And I think they're going to still be together next week. All right. So you're going to say yes for Jake and Liberty. The next couple, we are going to be doing the official formal couples for this. Otherwise, it'll just get way too difficult. Toby and Kaz. Now, you predicted they would still be together at the end of this week, and you were wrong. Well, there's not much to say about that now, is there? Yeah, they're still technically in a couple, but they are not in a couple. Now, Brad and Rachel were not coupled last week because Rachel wasn't in the villa yet. Do you think that they will be together next week? No, I think that ship has pretty much sailed. Yeah, me too. How about Liam and Faye? Now, last week you said that they would not be together, and right now they are still in a couple. Is that right? Or no, actually... Faye gets pied at the very end of this week, doesn't she? So you were correct. Now, last one, Aaron and Sharon, you said that they would not be together by the end of this week. And I'm going to give you points for that. You were correct, because even though they are technically still in a formal couple, Aaron definitely pied Sharon this week. And the two cuddles we've seen don't mean anything as far as I'm concerned. Although they were intriguing, and I am curious to see what happens with them next week. And we do have a couple of prospective couples, right? We've got Toby and Chloe. Do you think they're going to be together at the end of next week? I think Chloe is not one to admit when she's wrong. I think she will make the Toby thing go harder and longer than it necessarily needs to. So you're going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. What about Liam and Millie? Uh, yeah, I can't see it lasting forever, but I think because Liam waited till the very end of the week to dump Faye, I think we're going to see him and Millie play out next week. Last one I'm going to ask you about, Brad and Lucinda. Do you think they are going to be together at the end of week three? God, I hope not. You hope not? I want Lucinda to be with somebody who doesn't kind of scare her with his stocky love. All right, well, we will see how those predictions pan out next week. Time to talk about 
Fantasy Love Island. That's right. You can go to my Twitter feed at LBLI Podcast. You can download the blank Fantasy Love Island template. We are keeping score. We are posting the weekly scores as well. So this week, week two, the leaders were Brad with 61 points, Jake and Liberty with 43 points apiece, and Aaron with 42. Overall, Brad has a total of 91 points through two weeks, and Jake, I'm sure he would approve of this number, has 69 points. Nice. Sharon this week had negative five points, Rachel had negative eight points, and Faye had negative 16 points on the week, making her the low scorer this week. Our teams, how did we do? Well, Becca had Aaron and Faye this week. She got a total of 26 points. I had Sharon and Toby, which gave me 18 points. And the totals through two weeks. Beck, I am leading you 60 to 54. That ain't shit. I got this. Yeah, I I am a little nervous. Okay, it is time for the TNA report. The TNA report. Let's go uh, Islander by Islander this week, just for funsies, shall we? Sure. So Faye had a brown bomber jacket early in the week that I thought was fire. And then she turns around and has another one of those weird topless kind of open shirt things, which, you know, you'd think I would like those, but I don't know. Doesn't leave anything to the imagination. And then on the other hand, she's got this great green dress on toward the end of the week. Faye, you are a Jekyll and Hyde of fashion. There was also a really nice orange dress, which I liked, even though it was one of those wide open dresses. Yeah, I remember that. Actually, that one did look pretty good. It worked. Not much of note for Rachel, except she had a JFC lime bikini top. What's JFC? Jesus. Oh. Fried chicken. Okay. She was wearing it during the James Bond challenge and she got all slimy. And I thought for sure she was going to have a true wardrobe malfunction. Kaz looked great in her boozy brunch outfit. She had the matching yellow top, heels, and shades. Sharon had a pretty good fashion week, I thought. I liked the long red dress she had on earlier in the week. During the day, she had a poofy kind of peasant blouse on or actually no that was another evening outfit and we usually don't like poofy peasant tops so that must have been a special one yeah i liked that one and i loved her sexy maroon pjs post breakup with aaron that actually made him groan when he saw them now what made me groan was chloe's black seduction dress not because she looked that amazing it she looked great i definitely have it as a fashion positive but it was also very clearly worn that night for a specific reason. And what reason was that? Well, there's a reason they call it a seduction dress. Ah. Liberty, her blonde hair was dyed red by the slime, and she manages, even after washing it, it's still tinted, and she manages to make it look awesome. She curls her hair before the hideaway, and it's got this really cute, like, kind of innocent, kind of punk look. I don't know how she managed that. It looked really cool. After she and Jake make up, but while she's still refusing to touch him, she's got that sexy pink I won't touch you lingerie. Yeah, and on the date, she had that electric blue top and the white shorts. I really like how Liberty favors a lot of bold colors. Yeah, she looks great in it. 
Now, Toby, on the other hand, man, that guy takes basics to a whole new level. It seems like all he wears are hoodies, jeans, and plain t-shirts and shorts. Well, they can't all be Hugo. They can't all have a fashion sense. I mean, it's like negative fashion. Speaking of negative fashion. Speaking of negative fashion, what is going on with Aaron's denim jacket and those very meticulously placed paint splotches? You know, it kind of called me back to the 90s. I think I liked it nostalgically, but fashion wise, I'm not a fan. Yeah. And it rears its ugly head numerous times. Oh, yeah. I have a feeling it's like his favorite jacket or something. It must be in and we're just, you know, not a la mode. Sure. Okay, we're coming up to the end. It's time for our ridiculous moments of the week. Just any fun things or funny things that happened that didn't really make it into the main body or that were not instrumental to the plot. Let's go chronologically. Rachel is dismissive of Brad because he doesn't know what Coco Vent is, but she doesn't know what it is either. Yeah, what did she say? It's duck, right? Not duck, it's rooster. Coke yeah. is rooster. Yeah, I know that. Liam has a tattoo of a cookie on his butt. That's all I'm going to say about that. I bet George Foreman would probably say that Liam has a tattoo of a cookie on his leg too, but um bum Chugs doesn't regret leaving. He was there two nights and slept with two of the best looking people, which is more than Shannon can say. Chugs having shared a bed with Liam and Brad. Hugo calls himself the exact image of a teacher going through a midlife crisis. And my personal favorite, Toby and Jake do a shirtless dance in the police hats while beatboxing. I love Toby and Jake together. I wish we got to see that Toby all the time. Yeah, they're pretty funny together. Toby does act really different around just the guys versus when girls are there. Again, this is somebody who has not spent a lot of time around girls, it seems like. I had some favorite moments all in that last episode. So first, there's this one scene in the morning where the birds are louder than the cast members. Just constant bird chattering. I thought that was really funny. And then Brad telling Lucinda that he will take good care of her, but she'll be the one to get down on one knee. I liked that little moment. Brad actually, again, like sometimes maybe he's not so bad. He's kind of funny. Also, he's very goofy and oblivious, like when he's endlessly checking himself out in his cell phone's camera, kind of messing around with his hair, trying to get every single hair in place, and then taking selfies with Toby that were really goofy, and he's trying to look so cool, and yeah. So Brad maybe has some endearing moments after all. He's not the worst. We just need someone to dislike. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll dislike Chloe now. We definitely dislike Chloe now. Okay, we don't like Chloe now. Brad, maybe we don't have to dislike him anymore. I like Brad with the guys. Brad's another one who's really hard to watch with women. But with the guys, he's a much lighter, funner guy. So we are now a quarter of the way through the season, believe it or not. And there's more to come. I can't wait to meet Teddy. I can't wait to see who gets to go on a date with him. There's a lot of single people in the villa right now. Yeah, we still only have basically one, maybe two couples and Jake and Liberty being that one and Toby being in the maybe, but with a different girl this week. 
Well, I would say Millie and Liam. Yeah, Millie and Liam, definitely another maybe couple. Sure. Yeah. Brad and Lucinda, another maybe. Yeah. So there's a lot to look forward to. Whether or not you want to see them succeed or crash and burn, that's your take on the show. But there is a lot to look forward to. Yeah. One strong couple, a lot of possibilities for love. And one hunky new boy. All right. That does it for us this week. You can hit us up on the socials. I'm at LBLI Podcast. At LBLI Peng. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. And you can email us at littlebitleaveitpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, from Staten Island. To Love Island. If you're hanging out in the garden, watch out for snakes.